Five ways to incorporate good SEO into a web build with Emma Russell. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by SimilarWeb, helping you build better SEO strategies with digital intelligence, insights, and data. Hey, it's David. What are the key ways to incorporate good SEO into a web build? That's what we're discussing today with a lady who can knit clothing and do a funny trick with her eyes, but not necessarily at the same time. She's spoken at Brighton SEO, SMX Advanced and Women in Tech SEO Festival and recently founded Oxford Comma, a search-first digital agency. A warm welcome to the In Search SEO podcast, Emma Russell. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, David. I appreciate being on here. Hello, Emma. Thank you so much for joining. Well, you can find Emma over at oxford-comma.digital. So, Emma, today you're sharing five key ways to incorporate good SEO into a web build, starting off with, number one, implementing status codes. Yes, yes. Uh, So, I think status codes is a good place to start because it is the basics and the technical foundations, it's all about getting the basics right from the beginning anyway, you can obviously build on top of them and get quite complex with the way that uh, you handle tech on on a site and build up your tech stack, build up your indexing strategies, for example. And you can really go ham on the tech side of things. But the first things first, your absolute foundations, you want to get your status codes right. And I wanted to start off really nice and simple just to ease us in. And also just to make a note on generally where we are with platforms and modern day platforms specifically. So you'll have things like Netlify, Netlify, there we go, getting it out, um, or Framer and getting your status codes right on those platforms is actually kind of difficult. You can't really do it anymore. And I just find it really interesting that modern day platforms, it's not always easy to get the absolute basics right, like a status code. So to give an example, and let's see if I can uh, pronounce it correctly this time, uh, Netlify, uh, you can't have a 404 status code for the actual URL that you want to be looking at. You'll, you'll end up having to redirect to a 404 URL. You can't return a 400 status code for the URL requested. And kind of similar with Framer um, as another example, um, where it is a little bit different, where you can't redirect to a 404 either. You just have to give it the template of a 404. And so starting with the absolute basics is just making sure that the platform that you're using can either have a 400 status code or other status codes that you want to be returning. And either that or, you know, all else failing, having a plan around it. Um, you know, if you if you join and it is a little bit late, sometimes, in fact, 99% of the time, SEOs aren't brought in at the beginning to choose a platform or like at the beginning of a, of a project, beginning of the website or at a migration level. And so you kind of have to deal with what you're given. So I think doing the research, sometimes when you're first introduced to a project on how to actually implement the basics like status code is always a thing that you should check. I think and I think we're probably going to move into JavaScript. It's almost like before you get to the JavaScript side of things, I think um, you know these platforms are more aware about client-side JavaScript and different types of rendering nowadays. And so they'll promote the fact that you can uh, render all of your content client-side, but then they won't tell you anything about status codes. And then it'll be like, oh yeah, surprise, 
uh, you actually can't have a 400 status code or 400, uh, 404 status code. So yeah, always do your homework. Look to the status code because it's not always easy. I don't think I was aware of status codes for quite a while. I mean, I, I started SEO or got involved in SEO about 2004 or so. So it was quite a while ago. But um, I'm sure it took, took a few years for me to actually be aware of things like 200 status codes. Is it the same for SEOs starting off nowadays? I mean, do they become aware of status codes as soon as they start an SEO, thanks to perhaps different platforms that they're using? Or is this something that some SEOs are missing still? It kind of depends on how you are introduced to SEO. I know that a lot of people kind of fall into it nowadays where they've had their own blog or they've started a company that's in something completely different. And then they think, oh, I actually need to promote this. Let's look at organic. And then they fall into SEO. Um, and so in that instance, it might not be something that you pick up immediately. My background was a little bit different. I started at a, um, a digital uh, agency. They were building websites. And so status codes were one of the first things that we learned there. Um, and so I learned it quite quickly. I can totally understand that others aren't introduced to the topic immediately and it comes a little bit later. But I do think just to say, you know, we, we do have a lot of resources now. I think credit to Rand Fishkin from Moz doing the Whiteboard Fridays from yesteryear. Um, and we obviously have Aleda's um, learning SEO roadmap. Um, and so I think that learning and the roadmap to learning is also very well facilitated now with a lot of information out there. So, you know, it, these kind of things have been broken down really well. I remember when I first learned it was a lot easier than I think it could have been, especially nearer to the beginning where people are just trying to figure things out. But then on the flip side, you know, you could use tactics back then that you can't get away with now. So I think SEO generally is harder, but perhaps learning is easier. Exactly. And if anyone's watching or listening that um, knows Ran Fishkin, tweet him to say that his content was from yesteryear and uh, <laughs> refer to him. That wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry, Rand. <laughs> Let's move on to point two, which is handling JavaScript. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ye old JavaScript. Always a difficult thing to get right. And again, kind of platform specific, especially when you're thinking about how the tech stack all works together. Sometimes you'll have one platform kind of platforming your blog or your content, and then another platform doing something like an e-commerce function and then merge them together. And you've got a mishmash of different things where it's a little bit difficult to do something as a whole, or one system will have one way of implementing something, one way will have another. And so what you can end up having is that, well, part of the site is really easy to render client side if that's what you need and what you want for that section of the site then that's always ace and then for others there other areas of the site it can be a lot harder but just to talk about why you might want to uh, render serve side versus client side i think it's definitely still the case even though we know that google has come a long way with rendering javascript and putting in the resource to actually do so although they do i think still say you know, at our discretion, we might not put the resource in to actually do it. And you do see that a lot. Um, I think any SEO who's ever crawled a site with just the HTML versus the JavaScript can kind of understand the resource intensive difference between um, rendering all of the JavaScript versus just rendering the HTML. You're, if you haven't tried it, your computer fan will let you know the difference. It will be going wild when rendering the JavaScript. And 
you know, if you think of Google as a business, they have costs and it is costly to crawl the web. That's why one of the reasons why, you know, they wanted to make it faster. They put, uh, they did the whole carrot and the stick thing with site speed, which is obviously great for users, but it also brings their costs down. They can crawl a lot faster. It's much more efficient. Um, and so Google is a business. And so, you know, they want to get the information into SERPs. And so you can quickly find out in Google. And of course, now you've got the whole SGE experience, which is a very costly endeavor for them. So making that easier for them is is always great. So they've kind of got uh, two sides of the coin where they definitely want the information that you have and all of these niche and personal perspectives from things that can often just be on you know, a one pager that's really long or hidden really deep in a, a blog that is client side rendered, for example. And on the flip side, they actually, you know, want to, to save a little bit on costs and it is very costly to render all of this. So putting in the resource in doesn't always happen. Um, and so it, I think it is definitely always worth just looking into whether Google is doing that. Um, and thinking about it right from the off with, okay, well, how do I make this easier? Does this section of the site need to be server-side rendered or does it need to be client-side rendered? Is this um, something that people will only see if logged in and therefore, you know, we're going to have a lot of dynamic content that needs to change all the time? Does this need to be client-side or actually should we make this much more efficient for everybody and take on the burden ourselves and, and make it client-side? So I think it's definitely worth thinking about from the off. Because time and time again, we'll go into a company and see that it's all client-side rendered. We'll see that Google isn't actually crawling the JavaScript. It, you know, Sometimes you'll have a look at the cache and see what Google's seeing there, but that's not always the best way to look at it. But you'll gather all of this evidence that effectively state that Google isn't rendering your JavaScript. And so they'll, they're probably seeing a blank page. And that can, of course, impact your ads as well if you are running your ads. And so it is just best to render it client side sometimes. We see time and time again that nice little increase in traffic where we've just come on board and we've said, right, let's go client side. And they do. And then bump up and to the right. <laughs> I sense that you could quite easily talk about this for an entire episode just for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's move on to point number three, which is URL structures for indexing. Yeah, now this is a tricky one. And I think definitely something that you would want to think about from the off. So I had an experience lately with a company where they are going to be indexing deeper into their site. It's an events company. They could go very deep into the site in terms of indexing. Um, and you obviously want to have controls around that because some things have search demand, some things don't. You could end up with millions and millions of pages indexed that you don't need to be indexed. And um, actually, before I came on here, I was watching Alina uh, talking on here about cruel budget. So definitely go back and listen to that because uh, you definitely want to think about your cruel budget from a site build uh, and onwards and your indexing strategy and how you control this with your URLs uh, is definitely something that should be factored in from the off, especially if you want to be making use of a hash. Now a hash, I think if any SEOs listening have ever tried to implement a hash, they will be familiar with the groan from the developers in the room when they're like, oh God, do I have to implement this? And sometimes it'll be really easy. It just depends on how they've already used that hash in their code and if it's already um, factored in for something else or not. Um, but sometimes uh, you, 
a dev would have to essentially refactor everything, which is a huge, huge resource intensive project. It's just, it almost doesn't make it worth it. And so factoring that in from the beginning is is definitely, definitely something to think about. And recently I, I mentioned um, I'm working with this company and I suggested this and they said, where were you 18 months ago <laughs> building this in? Um, so I felt guilty, but equally I wasn't there. So nothing I could have done about it then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely the harsh thinking about that. And number four, structured data and semantic markup. Yeah, structured data. So the reason why I mentioned this from a site build perspective, and I think, you know, again, it kind of depends on the platform that you're working with, um, because some platforms you can just build on top of. It's not MVP level. It's not what you start with. But sometimes, again, with something like Netlify or Wagtail, how you build that section of the content management system because you are essentially having to say, I want this for this type of blog, I want this structure for another one. How you build that structure and the input forms, uh, input fields rather, and where people input that information in CMS, it determines or it can determine what structured data you end up with. And that's why I mention it from a site build perspective because depending on the platform you use, you might have to end up going back and rejigging all of those input fields and then it'll, it could end up changing what your blog looks like on the front end. And so it could end up being this whole project. So if you think about, well, we might want to do this from with our blog, for example, or with, well, any, any type of content, you know, you might want to end up with this, this structured data. Let's go back to the platform and how do we actually implement this? Because sometimes it is much, much more complex than you think it might be. And then you get into the question of, well, actually, is this going to be the best way to implement it? Because if you do end up have to doing, uh, having to do a lot of work to the content management system and changing all of these input fields and the structure of it and everything that it looks like, is it then quicker to implement it through Tag Manager? Yes, but it's also not the best implementation method. So factoring it in from the beginning and basically doing your homework on the platform and, and getting an SEO in from the beginning can can definitely cause a lot of technical debt and headaches in the future. Superb, yeah. And taking us up to point number five, speed. Speed. So I don't know if you've had this before, but there are some sites that can just rank and they can rank really well. And I've been trying to figure out because it isn't, they're new sites, but like they're not doing anything particularly amazing except for speed like sometimes it will just come down to speed and it's kind of surprising because you know there are all of these different ranking factors and all of these different things that you need to factor in like indexability and stuff like that and speed is always like a it's a, a difference between you and your competitors but I personally have found that that isn't always the case like if you have a niche site you know your topic well speed can really make or break it and it I I personally find that speed is one of those things that can just take you to the first page. That's my experience. I'm sure that there are studies where I've found actually in uh, this niche, it's less important. Um, thanks, Rank Brain, for that. You know, so swings and roundabouts really. But my personal experience is that speed can really have a massive impact. And so factoring that in from the beginning from your site build or from your migration, even if everything is like for like with your migration and you make speed a little bit better, honestly, it can make such a big difference. Yeah, I like that. I think that's an interesting point because the way that you were saying it, it takes you to the first page, perhaps it's um, 
takes you into the consideration phase by Google um, so that um, Google's more aware of you or happier to rank you because it knows that it's more likely to be delivering a better user experience to people that are going to be visiting your site. Um, and obviously, once it starts to rank you on the first page, then it will look at other metrics and may choose to not rank you as highly in the future, but um, it may give you that in- initial consideration. Yeah, definitely. And also just to go back to the crawling side of things, you know, if you're optimizing for speed, Google's like, well, uh, that was easy. Um, Maybe I'll come here again. (laughs) So I think speed can definitely absolutely make a difference. Great. Well, let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? So I think this is a really good question. And when I first read it, I was thinking it was like my whole life flashed before my eyes. There were so many different things that I could think of. Oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, this, that, and the other. And then I was thinking, well, what is it? Like, what is that one thing that you could do that that brings in, that just makes things so much easier? And I was thinking, well, absolute foundations the site needs to be indexable like forget everything else it just needs to be indexable and then on top of that you know start with brilliant content because everything else google can probably figure out um and it may not be optimal you may not be optimizing everything but if you start with great content and making sure google find it that's a pretty good place to start there are so many things that you say emma that i'm tempted to bite and ask follow-up questions on but uh, hopefully we might be able to have a follow-up conversation in the future and um, have a part two but in the meantime i've been your host david bain you can find emma russell over at oxford-comma.digital emma thanks so much for being on the in search seo podcast thank you very much for having me and thank you for listening check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the similar web platform over at similarweb.com